At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks are with you on a Wednesday. Lot to get to with our next guest here, who's going to join us, uh, of course, on the Roman guest line. We love having him on, David Bearman of ESPN. He's with us here to talk some open. But before we get to all that, David, uh, you're joining us. You're at the SBC Summit at the Meadowlands up in New Jersey. Tell us about that, uh, what it's all about, what you're doing there, and, uh, and, and what it's like. Sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, the SBC Summit, it, it's kind of conglomerate of, of all betting uh, industry, whether it's a website, whether it's media like ESPN or CBS, uh, industry titans that are all here meeting. Uh, they have about four here across the world. This is the North American version of it. It's held at the Meadowlands Exhibition Center right down the street from, from the Meadowlands Stadium. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It, it, it's good to be able to catch up with people. And this was these conferences were something that happened a lot pre-COVID. Obviously, COVID kind of shut them down. They became virtual. So seeing people that you haven't seen in three years uh, is, is good. You know, it's refreshing. Obviously, um, a lot of stuff still going on. But it, it's good to see what the growth of sports betting has been like in the, you know, two-plus years since COVID has hit. Since the last time we were at this conference in 2019, uh, just the amount of affiliates, the amount of people, the amount of uh, different websites and different companies that are involved in sports betting and uh, just got out of uh, the keynote address that, that led the conference off ESPN's own David Purdom, uh interviewed uh, Mattress Mac, Jim Mattress Mac out of Houston. I'm sure everybody uh, listening has heard of Mattress Mac, the, the furniture magnet who uses large, large future bets to offset promotions. And uh, he was great to listen to, and it was advocating for uh, sports books to open up a little bit and take, you know, we're, we're all not going to be able to bet $14 million in our DraftKings app and Caesars app like Mattress Mac can, but he is advocating to open it up a little bit and take more than your five-figure wagers. I thought that was interesting. Uh, his, his key point was 10% of a million dollars is more than 10% of a thousand dollars. So if someone wants to bet a million, let him bet a million. And, you know, Mac obviously is in a different stratosphere than all of us. So he can uh, bet whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But I, I did think it was good to hear him advocate for, for, for betting overall. Hmm. It's really interesting. Uh, just based on the conversations that you've had uh, with those in the industry, what's the, what's the sense that uh, what kind of opinion do people have on the state of sports betting media? Because everybody is trying to jump into this pool. And I don't know. I don't know how you feel, David, uh, but it, it feels like there are a lot of companies, I'm not talking about your company, but a lot of spaces that are, yes, we need more sports betting, more sports betting. They're pouring money into it, but once they pour money into it and keep hiring more people, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what good sports betting content is. Uh, and Any opinions on, on that issue? 
Yeah, it's an interesting double-edged sword. And that's a great question because there's so many members of the media, big companies, small companies, trying to throw their, their hat in the ring. And ultimately, guys, it comes down to where is betting legal? Because, you know, there, there's every – I always tell people that the 50 states is like 50 different countries of the United States when it comes to sports betting or what's legal in New Jersey is different than Connecticut, which is different than, you know, Louisiana. Um, and, and it all depends on where you're legal. You find out that, you know, there's I'm, I'm a big fan of Westgate Superbook out in Vegas, and they're in three states, and DraftKings in 20 states, and Caesars is in, you know, X number of states. And then they all have affiliates, and the affiliate business is growing as well, where everybody wants a piece of the pie. But your question about content and, and hiring people and not knowing to do with it is, is very valid because it's almost getting oversaturated. Um, there's a panel this afternoon that I'm very interested to hear. It's called Sports Betting 2.0. It's basically, all right, we, we, 2018 was the overturning of PASPA, and it exploded uh, during COVID. And, and everybody, every Tom, Dick, and Harry wanted a part of it. And now we're at this, this place where it's like, what's next? What is the next frontier of uh, sports betting 2.0? Now that we're legal in more than half the states in America, but still missing some major states like California, Texas, um, and even Florida, depending on what day it is. Um, really, New York's the only major giant head that, that's jumped in. So what is next for sports betting when California does launch at some point and Texas decides to change their mind and launch at some point? And uh, it'd be interesting to hear what the speakers say on that. But it, it's a very valid question of, you know, oversaturation of the market and where we're going to. And, you know, just from myself being at this panel and, and announcing that I'm going to be here at this conference, uh, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that reach out wanting to be a part of it. Not just because I have the four letters attached to my name in ESPN, but people want to be a part of the industry in every which way or form, whether it's small content or whether it's large content. And it's very interesting to see there's a trade floor here that's the entire length of the convention center that has a thousand different booths. And I'm not going to hit them all, but it's interesting to see how many different companies are pushing content out. Wow. And it's exciting to see just how gambling, you know, continues to grow. Um, let's talk about the open. Um, I'm curious your thoughts, um, long shots, outrights. Let's start with the outrights. What are your favorite outrights? Oh, it's hard to go any further than what I call the hottest golfer on tours, Andrew Shoffley. And everyone's like, well, he won last week, so he can't win this week. Well, you know what? He won the week before. He won as well. He's won back-to-back -back tournaments. And I always look for value. And, and on Friday of last week, I saw Xander playing well, and he was still three four shots back um, at last week's event, and he was still 20 to one odds. I'm thinking Rory McIlroy is the odds on is, is the favorite to win at 10 to one. Xander Shoffley, who's even hotter than him, is 20 to one. So Hop Bennett, obviously, he won last week in Scotland, so those odds are down to 12, 13, 14 to one. But he's the hottest golfer on tour. The only thing he's missing is a major, and he got some of the monkeys off his back with winning Olympic gold and winning on tour for the first time in three and a half years. So I do like Xander to win if you can get him at a good price, but other names I'll throw out there that I'm playing. I think, you know, U.S. Open champ, Matt Patrick. He got that first PGA Tour win, which happened to be a major. If you look at his metrics, they're perfect for this type of course. He's second in total shots gained, third off the tee, third uh, on approach, third in scrambling, um, 12th in sand saves, all things you need at St. Andrews. And he's one of only three players this year, Rory and Willie Z being the other who have been in the top 15 of all three majors. So you'd be foolish to not at least play Matt Fitzpatrick in some capacity because of how good he's been playing and the fact that he already won that major. He doesn't have to worry about it. Um, other names around there that I like, Shane Lowry is great when it comes to British Open type conditions. Um, I'm not a guy who ever plays Jordan Spieth in 
tight, tree-lined United States-type courses because he struggles off the tee. But where Jordan Spieth is excellent is when it's wide open. And there's nothing more wide open on this planet than St. Andrews where multiple fairways are connected to each other. Like when you tee off on one, you can actually hit it into the 18th fairway and then hit it on the green. It's that wide open. And Jordan Spieth does very, very well in open-type courses. He's had four top tens at opens. He won one in 2017. Uh, you just have to be patient with the Jordan Spieth experience because one day he'll shoot a 65 and the next day he'll shoot a 75. You just hope that at the end of the day, he's the last man standing at 16 to one or two to one to finish in the top 10. So those are some of the guys at the top of the leaderboard that I'm, that I'm looking at to win outright. David, I'm looking at the um, expert picks you guys have posted over at ESPN, and I see Will Zalatoris' name quite a few times. He's someone that on this show has caused us a lot of heartache because there's been a lot of outright bets on him, and he's come oh so close. What do you think about Zalatoris as we head towards this weekend? Uh, We all know he's a good golfer, really good, and he's going to win one of these at some point. Your thoughts on Zalatoris as we head towards the Open? For every 10 golf hit radio or podcast I do, Willie Z gets brought up at least nine and a half times. I like Mm -hmm. this, but his biggest issue is the flat state. And if you can't putt well, you're not going to win an open championship. When he got hot, all of a sudden he made it to a playoff at the PGA. And when he got hot, he made it to the very end of the U.S. Open. I mentioned he's one of three players with Rory um, and and to, to be, and Matt Fitzpatrick to be in the top 15. So I expect him to contend, but I'm not willing to put my money on Willie to win until he actually does win one. And it's, he's getting to the point that I got with Tony Finau, who everybody said was going to win this and win this and win this. And Tony Finau, you know, for, for the longest time, had one B-field Puerto Rico event win on his resume. And it's like, why are people continuously putting money on a guy who's not winning when you can win money by placing him in the top 10? And I've done that with Tony Finau, and I've done that. I did that with Xander Shockley during his three-and-a-half-year drought, just betting top 10s and top 20s. And that's what I would do with Willie Z until he wins. Now, you're going to be saying, well, if he wins, then you missed it. You still get paid off on those top 10 and 20s, but you're not wasting the outright money week in and week out. Until Willie wins something, I'm going to keep playing him, and I'm going to take him in the top 10 and 20. I'm just not ready to pick a guy who has struggled putting on a course where you're going to need to make up strokes putting until he actually wins one. Will he contend? Could he win? Could I be sitting here Sunday night thinking, why the hell didn't I take Willie Z to win when everybody else did? Yeah. The experts mm-hmm. file has a lot of Willie Z. I didn't take him because I don't think he has the, the, the putting pedigree to win this week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It seems like we're still getting a lot of value on the golfers that decided to make the jump over to the Live Tour. Are you seeing the same thing when you when you see guys like Dustin Johnson in the mid-30s, and then they're 
And then there are, are guys that have had great uh, performances here at uh, St. Andrews, uh, like Louie, in that same range, around 40 to 1. Yeah, it is kind of shocking. And if you go back to the U.S. Open, one of the plays I gave out was Dustin Johnson because he was 28 to 1. And I called it an automatic play because didn't care about the lip stuff and the chip on his shoulder and being banned the week before from the PGA Tour. If you're going to get Dustin Johnson at 28 to 1 on a course that he has previously played well on, you're going to take him. And I would say the same thing for 30 to 1 playing on a St. Andrews course that he can drive so far that he can actually make this course easy. My problem with this is he has not played well. Dustin Johnson just is not in good form right now, and I'm not even considering the results on a made-up tour with made-up events in in Portland and wherever. On the PGA Tour, Dustin's not in good form. I learned my lesson betting him at 28-1 to at the U.S. Open when he didn't contend. Um, And I would say the same for guys like Louis Usheisen, who, yes, he was runner-up last year. He has more runner-up finishes at at, at majors than anybody right now over over the last 10 years. He's just not in good form. Louis has struggled the entire season. I don't know if there's an injury there or not. Um, you know, Brooks Kepka 40 to one. When are you ever getting Brooks Kepka at 40 to one? I would tell people that the value on Dustin at 30 and, and Brooks at 40 is outstanding. If you can stomach the fact that neither one are in good form right now, but there is outstanding value, as you mentioned, on some of these live tour players that you really can't price because they haven't played a lot. And without playing a lot, the only thing you know is that Dustin and Brooks have both and Louie have all struggled over the last three months, not winning anything on any tour. Um, and you got to wonder what the what the incentive is when, you know, I'm Dustin Johnson, I'm getting $200 million regardless of what I do or don't do at the Open Championship. I already have two titles, major titles. I'm not going to be able to play on the PGA Tour anymore. What incentive does he have? So right now I'm staying away from those guys, but the value is definitely there if you're a big Dustin Johnson or Brooks Kepka fan. What about um, matchups, David? Is there anything that's intriguing in any of the matchups that you've seen? Yeah, I, I, I did think it was uh, intriguing to see the hottest golfer on tour, Xander Shoffley, getting 135 and 140 and plus money versus Rory, um, which, yes, Rory is the favorite. So if you break down Rory being 10 to 1, Xander being 14 to 1, you're going to get plus 140 or 145. Anyhow, I just think that that, that is a somewhat ridiculous price for a guy that I can actually see winning this thing. Um, I'm going to be playing Jordan Spieth in matchups as well, depending on what side it is, just because I think he's going to eventually finish in the top five one way or another. Whether he wins it or not, he can still win the matchup. Um, but I was very surprised to see guys like Xander uh, getting plus money, whereas guys like Justin Thomas is minus money in every one of his matchups this week based on where he stands uh, in the FedEx Cup points, where he stands in terms of winning two, you know, the PGA two majors ago. But Justin Thomas does not play open championship courses well. Um, he's also, as you've seen, uh, he pulled out of the Travelers a few weeks ago with a back injury that started a whole bunch of live rumors. Since then, he has missed the cut at the Scottish Open badly. You wonder if he's fully healthy because he has not played well recently since winning the PGA and having pulled out with a back injury. Yet he's minus money against multiple people this week in the field. David, it's a rule. We have to ask your long shots. We have to ask you who down the board you're looking at. If you had to put a bet on a long shot to win this thing outright, how far would you go down? What kind of names stand out to you when you look down the board? Sure, there's a couple of ones. Uh, Robert McIntyre at 130 to 1. He has back-to-back top 10s at the Open Championship, no matter what the course is. Uh, surprisingly missed the cut at the Scottish Open last week when he was a popular play. But at 130 to 1, which I believe is partly because he missed the cut last week, the guy who's played well in back-to-back Open Championships, 
Um, I'll give you two more names that you're not people won't be familiar with because they're more of the European tour players. But Ryan Fox at 80 to one and Jordan Smith at 150 to one. Fox has top threes in three of the last five events. And he's number. He's the top European tour golfer if you take out the Rorys and Matt Fitzpatrick's of the world who are one and two on the Euro points list because they've done so well at major events. But Ryan Fox is next, believe it or not, third on the Euro tour at 80 to one. Uh, finished T16 at his last. Um, open championship and actually played St. Andrews when it was played in 2015. As far as Jordan Smith, you're talking about a guy that's five straight top 25 finishes on the Euro Tour, and he was actually in contention to win last week before shooting a final round 74. He entered T4 into the, into the final round. So I think those are some names that people aren't that familiar with because they're more European, European Tour players. And the other guy that I'll give out is, is, is Seamus Power at 100 to 1. He's been in the top 30 in all three majors this year, hasn't played since the Travelers, and is seventh in greens regulation, which is huge for a course like St. Andrews. So those are some of the dark horses. All are 80, 100, or 150 to 1 to throw out there, maybe play in your DFS lineups. Or, I mean, Jordan Smith is plus 400 to be in the top 20, so that looks like good money to me. It looks like good money to us, too. David, always appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the conference. There was David Behrman on the Roman guest line. On the other side, our lightning bets, including our picks for the Open and today's baseball site, next, right here on the Beck UL Network.